Welcome to the top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Get ready to tackle top real estate topics in bite-sized amounts with CCAR President Marissa Benet and Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hi, Marissa. Hey, Jonna. Welcome to the top. Well, I am happy to be here. Me too. And today we are joined by two real estate professionals who are leaders in the industry. We have Mickey Lynham, a mortgage loan officer with over 25 years of experience in the financial service industry, and David Allen Cox. David is Secretary Treasurer of Texas Realtors. He's a CCAR past president and overall realtor extraordinaire. (laughs) Well, that is quite an introduction. Is there anything that we missed, you guys? No, not at all. (laughs) dog lover i mean there's there's so much more (laughs) to you guys than just what's on the paper well very good well you know i know that all three of you are very passionate about helping your clients achieve the goal of home ownership and so you know as we all know today's housing market has prompted some to wonder if maybe renting is a better option Yeah, you know, and I know this is a conversation that's happening in homes all across the nation. So I'm really ready to dig into this, guys. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. So let's start here. Um, Is there a rubber stamp answer to the question, should I rent or buy? Um, For me, it's no. Um, I think it's a very, very personal choice. And I think it has to do a lot with timing in your life and what your personal goals are. So I would say no. I agree. Um, From the mortgage perspective, everybody's different. not one size shoe fits everybody. And um, so when we do a consultation with somebody that usually they're coming to us thinking, I'm going to buy a house. But sometimes when we get into the consultation, that that changes. I'm sure it's the same with a realtor also. Uh, so I've got one customer that they qualify for a house. They could buy a bigger house. But right now they're set on their budget. They know where they want to be. And so they're just happy renting right now. So not one size fits all. Well, so I'm Curious, have any of y'all been accused of just being biased towards homeownership, given what you do for a living? <laughs> uh, well, that's the good question. I mean, uh, both the realtors and the mortgage people, we make our living um, on the home side. But uh, I don't think I've ever been accused of being biased toward homeownership. But um, usually what happens is, again, for us, the mortgage consultation is the biggest piece of what we do. It's spending 15 minutes with people or so, just getting an idea of who they are, what their goals are, what they want to do. And like I said before, one size shoe does not fit all. So when it comes to that, it just gets down to they usually end up making the decision for themselves. They look at the they look at the facts, they look at the things we put on the table, and they look at their goals and they decide, is it time for me to buy or is it time for me to maybe keep leasing if that's what they're doing right now? Um, I don't think I've ever been accused of that. I don't know for sure, but, um, I'm kind of unique because I do own property. Um, but I also lease the place that I live in because it's very convenient for us as I travel a lot. And so I need that kind of extra security, that extra barrier around me. And so I, I have the best of both worlds I own and I lease. Um, but no, I'm very honest with my clients and customers. If it's not their time to be a homeowner, if they're not looking at it realistically, Maybe they're not ready to buy that washer and dryer and that refrigerator and that lawnmower and the things that you need at a home that you wouldn't have in an apartment. And I'll just be honest with them. And when they're ready to buy, I'll be there. Yeah, I think that's true. I think most of us that have been in the business and plan on being in the business for a long time, we want what's best for the client. So if now's not the time, we stay in touch with the client and maybe 
a year down the road, two years down the road, three years down the road, they come back to us when they're ready. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into some more specifics. So what are some things that you've seen your buyers come at you with and just sets off red flags where you're like, no, absolutely not. Uh, this is now is not a good time. I, I think the biggest part I see is they, they don't really have any money down. Um, they think that all of it is going to be paid for by the sellers. They think there's grants out there and there is a little bit of skin in the game for most buyers. And that's what they don't realize going into the process at the very beginning. Cash is king and you do Absolutely. need it. It's, it's always tricky. And, you know, even with like our zero down, you know, buyers, sometimes zero down is not always the best option. And, um, you know, like with our veterans, sometimes in, in flat markets, putting zero down might not be in their best interest. And so if they've got no cash, you know, what are you going to do if something happens and you have to sell in six months, you're upside down, you know, and that's a very real conversation I've had with some of my clients you know, recently where they're putting all this cash down, but that's completely depleting all of their reserves. So, you know, it's like, well, you know, yes, you could, but you know, maybe this house is not the right opportunity. Let's look for another house. We don't have to completely deplete your cash reserves, even though that's what they want to do. I just think it's our job as professionals to just let them know that there are other options. And I know when you are emotionally tied to a house, that is just really hard to say, no, let's walk away. I totally agree. I think um, for me on the mortgage side, a lot of people come and maybe they really need to spend a little bit more time working on their credit score. Maybe they need to spend a little bit more time getting some of their debt paid down. Um, that doesn't mean they can't buy a house, but maybe it's not the best time. Maybe they qualify, but maybe it's not the best time because as we all know, things happen. Um, if you're re requiring, you know, if you're looking at a dual income situation, what happens if one person loses their job or gets sick or whatever it may be? Do you have enough to stay and make that house payment? Uh, you can't really change course when you own a house and you have a mortgage. You can probably do a little bit when you're leasing. You probably have a little bit more flexibility. But also, if they can get their credit score up, maybe they don't have a credit score to qualify yet, or they're very close and just on the brink. Maybe if they wait six months, they get that credit score up a little bit more, get a little bit more debt paid down. They get a better rate on their mortgage, too, when the time comes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. What are you looking at for credit scores? What's going to be the most desirable right now? Well, obviously, um, 740 is the, the best score, 740 and above. Um, the the FICO scores, which that's just an acronym for the for the uh, credit score that we run as mortgage lenders, it goes up to 850. I don't think I've ever seen anybody with an 850 score, but I've seen a lot of people over 800. But it really makes no difference. 740 gets you the best interest rate as far as credit scores go. 620 for us is the minimum, and that's again they change in increments of 20 points: 620, 640, 660, etc. The higher you go in the increment, the better rate you're going to get. Yeah, I've heard uh, what seven uh, seven forty is the new six forty. So <laughs> it's really more of the bare minimum. Nice. Which is, I mean, it, it's true though because as as an agent, you're qualifying a buyer. I mean, just think about that. You know, you you need to kind of know what these variables are because I mean, oftentimes we're out there putting offer after offer after offer, and it might be over ninety days that you're working with someone trying to find the right house. And those scores, when they move around on you, ooh, it is dicey. I agree. And especially in this market with the interest rates going up, some people may have qualified if let's say they've got a lower credit score, 
Some people may have qualified six months ago when interest rates were in the threes. But now that interest rates are in the fives, it may be a different story. So I think it's always really important for the lender and the realtor to work together and have a team approach to to their client so that they can keep each other abreast on what's going on. Not only if the realtor finds out something with the buyer or the mortgage person does, and that's important. So we want to be as efficient as we can for each other and for our clients. Yeah. And David Allen, you've got a great perspective because you there's so many agents around you all the time. You know, with the interest rates jumping up, did you see buyers either get out of the market or did they just hop in again and say, nope, we are for sure buying full steam ahead? We've seen a lot get out of the market because they really, because of the interest rate, they couldn't afford it. And that payment could have gone up $200 a month. And that was a big deal, you know, to, to a family who was already struggling and they had great credit scores. But it was the interest rate that was knocking them down. Now, some of them have gone forward and they had they were a little more cash heavy and had some savings that they could pull forward. But most of them have dropped out that have, on that interest rate. I've worked with six buyers that were not able to qualify after the interest rate went up. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, but that's not the case for everybody. And I'm seeing no. a lot of cash transactions as well. And aren't you kind of thinking, where has all this cash been this whole time? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> well, it's easy for for California to sell their $2 million home and come down here and pay cash for a $500,000 home. And so we're seeing a lot of that. You know, California, New York, they're all they're all moving here because of our business. I mean, business is, is great in Texas. It's the best place to open a business. But I think the challenge for the realtors is you have to have that mortgage professional like we do on, the, on this uh, podcast today because clients are already coming to you pre-qualified and pre-approved. And when you see what company it is, you already know if that's going to be a viable loan, if it's going to be able to close, if they've locked in that rate, because they all have reputation. So I have typically moved people over from the mortgage company they're with to the one that I'm comfortable with. And I know we'll get the deal done and we'll close it and we'll be clients. Oh yeah. Do not just tell me what I want to hear. And I, you know, I, I have been I've fallen into that before where I'm dealing with a lender and they're just like telling me all the things I want to hear. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And then I think, wait a second, that doesn't, that's not kind of what I thought, but I got all caught up in a moment, you know, and then for me, I mean, we ended up having to bust on a house because we didn't qualify for what I thought we could qualify for. And it was just, it was very upsetting. So you, you waste a lot of money doing those kinds of things. I think I totally agree. And I think one of the things that, that we do or that I do is I keep a list of all the my clients that have been pre-approved. And of course, I have the realtor on that sheet too. But I look at that and I go back and see every, especially now with the rates changing, I go back every 30 days and just do a quick check and see if that person still has that room in there to qualify for the house that they put on their application. And if and if most of them do, most of them have plenty of room, which is great. I'll let the realtor know that. But others may be getting close. And I want to let the realtor know that too, because I don't want my client and I don't want the realtor to have a surprise because they're spending a lot of time out there and a lot of stress looking for houses. And we know how stressful this market can be. So I think the communication between the realtor and the lender and the client is so important. It's got to be a team approach. Absolutely. It's important. You've got to have a good team. Yeah. I have, I've noticed, and I don't know, maybe this is just kind of like my silly perspective, but um, a lot of assisted living homes are very maxed out right now. And there's kind of a long wait list to get in. And so I was, I was thinking, and I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but I was just thinking that some of these people that, you know, are waiting on, on wait lists, they're like, oh, well, you know, it's, 
$4,000 a month to be in assisted living. Why don't I just stay with my kids? Even if it's just for a year, that's a lot of money to go towards a down payment. That, and I have seen people that didn't have the big elaborate weddings because of COVID and they're still kind of dipping their toes in. They're using that pool of money that they would have spent on a big elaborate wedding and they're putting it more on a down payment of a house. That's a great perspective. I, I haven't heard that too much, but that's a great perspective. I could see that. So we all know that housing prices have increased significantly over the past few years. So let's talk about rent prices. What's going on with rental properties? Wow. Um, rent is increasing at, at unprecedented rates. Um, you know, I thought it was really, really difficult when we were in this market um, to even find somebody a lease home because after the storm Uri and, and different things that went on in Texas and here specifically in DFW, um, we had insurance companies that were willing to pay 7500 for a lease. And, you know, my clients were paying what it said, 2800 And so they got beat out of all these leases, moved them into apartments. And now they're seeing for the first time that they, they're having a rent increase. And we're seeing as high as 250 to $300 a month. And these are for, you know, seven, 800 square feet apartments. And that's a lot. That is a lot for a single person. And it's a lot for a family that's growing into that apartment as well. Totally agree. I, I, I contacted a good friend of mine who is in the, uh, he's in the um, multifamily business. He brokers and buys and sells uh, multifamily properties for, uh, for his clients all over the city of Dallas and really all over the country. He's an expert. And he said in the past year, uh, they've seen a substantial increase in rents up to 15 to 30%. So you take your, you take your lease payment, just say, just use a hundred dollars for easy math or for me, easy math. And then you go 30% now it becomes $130. That's huge. And then, um, the occupancy of apartments is right at 97% right now. So you think about that. So if you decide, okay, I'm not going to take the increase in my rent. I'm going to find something cheaper. That's great. Go find a, a lower priced apartment. If you can, somebody's waiting to take your apartment. So therefore, there's just this pent-up demand. So we don't see that lease prices, those lease escalations going down anytime soon. Absolutely. In addition to the lease prices going up, now they're starting to nickel and dime. So where there wouldn't be a charge for the gym or there wouldn't be a charge for a package delivery, now they have a service and they're charging for that. Now they have a service for going into the gym. So they're not only raising your rent, they're adding on what you already had as amenities, but now charging fees for them as we go forward. And so everybody's starting to charge fees for everything. I had not heard that. That's wow. it, it, it's, it's incredible. And so then people start looking at, okay, well, I can make this same payment or less payment to be in a house. So then we go, we switched. Okay. Now they want to buy a house, but now we have the issue of, can we find a house? Do you have the down payment for the house? Can you compete in this market? So it's really kind of a catch-22 on both sides in a lot of instances. They may have the ability to make the payment, but they may not have the ability to really be uh, an avid buyer for the house that they can probably get a house soon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, it's just, it's been absolutely mind-blowing. And I'm seeing a ton of Airbnbs and, you know, people willing to spend 5000 a month just so they can, you know, be in temporary housing, have a good time. Like, why do we need to go on summer vacation? We'll just spend a month in an Airbnb. It's kind of the same thing. I'm like, not really. I'd, I'd still rather go to Hawaii for 5,000, but that's just me. Me too. Yeah. So, you know, when advising a client on whether to, to, to rent or to buy, I think it really depends on the client. Again, it's, it's, if their ultimate goal is to own a home, but they're not ready yet, 
then I find them the best leads that fits for them. But I always tell them, we need to look at your wants versus your needs. Because even when they're ready to buy and they find out it's going to be better to lease, they want all the bells and whistles in that lease. And it's better to buy what you need, save some money, get a bigger down payment, and have a larger buying power when they're ready to buy. And if that's not the case and they're going to be lifetime renters, then we can we can go ahead and do that. Um, a lot of people aren't ready for to move into a home. They're not ready for that maintenance. They're not ready for the outside maintenance. They're not ready to do all those things, even changing a light bulb, which you know they've done in an apartment for you. So maybe we suggest a condo where they don't have as much maintenance, but they're still owning and getting that equity. From my perspective, usually the clients go to the, the realtor first. They think they want to buy a house. So the, the realtor is the first person they contact. So then the realtor says, okay, I need to do, need, go get pre-approved. And so they come to me and uh, if the realtor sends them to me, then for us, the biggest thing we do is the mortgage consultation. I do an initial mortgage consultation with them over the phone before they ever apply. I just want to get to know them. I want to build a relationship. I want to know what their goals are, what, what they're looking for, what their challenges are. I get that down. And then I have them go online and do a, a, an application. So then I can put the whole story together with the numbers. And then we can talk more and have another post-application mortgage consultation because I know a little bit more about them. I know what their numbers look like. I know what their credit looks like. I can ask them some educated questions. And then we have that conversation back and forth, just like the experienced realtors have. They know the questions to ask. Are you ready to pay for that lawnmower? What happens when that hot water heater breaks down? Do you have those reserves? We talk about all those things again. They put it on paper, the pros and cons. And usually they make the decision. They make the decision with our guidance. And so it takes the pressure off us a little bit. And if they decide they want to go forward, then we work together as a team with the realtor and we try to do the best thing and put the best package with the best options we can for that client. Because like I said before, not one size fits all. And then we get going as a team and we hopefully get them in that house soon. So the, the question, I think the general question is, comes to me a lot is, I think I want to wait this market out. I reply to them with, tell me what you're waiting for. Because it's easy to say, wait the market out, but what does that mean? So let's, I don't have a crystal ball. A realtor doesn't have a crystal ball, or we'd be sitting on a beach drinking a nice drink somewhere and not worrying about this. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't control interest rates. We don't control inventory. We don't control prices. We don't control what's going on internationally. All we can do is control the here and now, but we can look at hindsight. So hindsight says, if you had those people two years ago that said, I think I'm going to wait this, wait this market out, then you look to two years today, well, did you know that interest rates were going to be doubled from what they were probably two years ago? Did you know that inventory, even though it was tight two years ago, was much better than it is now? Did, did you know that um, there was going to be a lot more competition for houses today than there was two years ago? Did you know if you would have bought two years ago, you've lost out on about probably 30 or 40% of equity that you would have had if you owned two years ago versus today. So hindsight tells us a lot. We don't know the future, but then I just ask the question again, what are you going to wait out the market for? Plus, then you think about the future. Let's say something happens and there's a big correction in the market. Let's say prices come down 20 or 30%. What happened to cause that all of a sudden? It had to be catastrophic in some way. Something's got to be happening. Maybe now your job's no longer secure two, two years from now. Maybe you, 
maybe interest rates are even higher two years from now. Who knows? So it's kind of like, what do you mean by wait out the market? It's a tough question. It is. It's a big question. And, you know, I, I do like to use client testimonials. So things that actually happen to real people. And one of my favorite stories is right at the beginning of COVID, you know, everyone said only move if you really have to, you know, and I had a client, she really had to move. Uh, they had mom lived with them. The house they had was not going to be, it didn't offer enough social distancing for their nursing care to come in. So she's like, Marissa, we got to buy a new house. And I was like, okay, game on. You know, it, it made a lot of sense. So we contracted on a $500,000 house, new construction, just to build. By the time it was finished, that house, the one story, 3000 square foot home in Prosper also happened to be on one acre. That was really nice. Um, but it ended up appraising at closing for a million dollars. They basically got a free house and they were just absolutely baffled. It completely changed the retirement. Uh, you know, and it, it's, it's really cool to have those, like those testimonials. Um, but when, you know, there's other situations, you know, where if they just say, I don't want to bidding more, I don't want to deal with competition. Great. Let's go find the house nobody else wants. Let's find the one that's ugly, needs some work. If you were going to put a hundred thousand over, let's put a hundred thousand in a remodel. How about that? <laughs> let's create our own equity here. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm I'm real real with my clients, and I tell them if you want to wait the market out, that's fine. I'm going to be here. I myself don't go to Macy's when there's a markup sale. I wait until there's a great big sale, though I can save a lot of money. But I'm going to encourage them that it maybe you can't buy what you want. If you can buy something, invest in real estate now because it, next year it's you're already going to have equity. And it may not be the one that you even move into. Maybe you're not into property management. Start buying real estate now. That's the best way to invest. Yep, and it's a great. It. And it, you know, if you think inflation is going to continue, it's a great hedge against inflation. Um, obviously, money sitting in the banks not doing you too much good. And if you can find the right property with a good realtor, I say let's not wait out the market. Let's like to say let's do something now. If the opportunity permits, even if we're buying at a little bit higher interest rates right now, hey, maybe two years from now, interest rates go back down again. Well, we can refinance. That may give you an opportunity to go buy that house that you really want to get and sell the house that you're in. You tell that realtor, you've got $2 million. We're going to go find you that property. You tell us you've got $100,000. We're going to go find you that property. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I love, you know, that hedging against inflation with real estate. That is absolutely what people should be doing because cash sitting in a bank account, you're absolutely right. I'm seeing it with a lot of retirees. It's just, they're not getting the kind of return that they really want or that they can get. And it's right at their fingertips. It's right there. They just have to have their, their agent let them know when they have these objections, what the right objection handler is. So, And I'm not a, I'm not a fortune teller, like I said earlier, but when I look at the macro things that are out there, Apartments are at 97% occupancy. Those rates are going up. We're in a great area of the country, North Texas. We've got a great infrastructure here, a lot of education, a lot of great uh, companies have moved here, are moving here. This is a very vibrant area of the country. We were we did well in the downfall, you know, when the downturn came. We were one of the best countries in that best areas of the country in that area. So I look at the macro things going on. Interest rates are going up. It looks like the trend is going to continue to be up from everything I see. I don't see this wait out the market right now if you can find the property that will suit you and suit your budget. Exactly. 
Good. Well, thank you all for joining us today. This has been a great conversation. Uh, Before we let you go, is there any last tidbit of information you want our listeners to know that maybe we didn't cover? You know, I would just say that whether you're you're working with a mortgage professional like Mickey or a realtor like myself, we can give you advice. We can give you the pros and cons. We can give you the absolute best scenarios and the worst scenarios. But the decision at the end of the day has got to be yours. Exactly. And once you make that decision, and if your decision is to go by, then have a good team, a great realtor, a, a great lender, have a good team, communicate, and you'll get the job done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I cannot wait to have y'all back. This has been awesome. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. Thank you. Thanks. For those listening, thanks for hanging out with us again. And don't forget to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, we want to know it. So email us at ask at welcometothetop.com and listen to hear us cover it this season. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all at the closing table. Special thanks to our hosts, Jono Fernandez and Marissa Benet. Producer, Bree Westbury. Audio engineer, Ella Madden. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. And podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. Tune in next time, and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements made by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.